See, that's the body of Christ working together, right? Together, we put our knowledge together and the way we look at things and someone looks at something a little bit different and, you know, between the two or the three of you, you get it done, you figure it out. So thanks so much. Okay. Um, right, so here we are. Uh, this, it looks a lot, a lot different from up here. Uh, but that all said, I, I guess I just want to start off in saying uh, I'm really grateful for the guys that have come before that have stood here and that have delivered God's word so faithfully. And I, I'm thinking of Pastor Sim and his ministry and his faithfulness to, to the body and, and just his ability to present truth in a, in a real down-to-earth way that is understood and accepted. Just an amazing, an amazing example of, uh, of preaching. Um, so this is kind of a new thing. I've not done this before, but uh, that all said, the reason why I'm here is because the Lord created the opportunity and he brought me through a, a process and he put the opportunity and he laid it upon your hearts to ask that, that I do this thing tonight. And that's why I'm here. And I, I don't want anything of me. I just put it aside. And, and it, it takes a long time for the Lord to work with someone to bring them through the necessary training through the school of, of hard knocks and various other things in order to, to understand and realize that the real battle is the self. Okay? And in the end, we are our own worst enemies. And that's something that the Lord is, wants to help us to overcome. And we will overcome it with his grace and with his help. So uh, that's a little bit about why, why I, uh, I'm here and the path that has led me here. So I want to start off, if I may, with a little... I'm going to try and attempt a humorous story here that happened. Uh, to try and give some context and perspective as to where I'm coming from tonight. And that is, years ago, Helen, you might recall, we were on uh, holidays to the East Coast. And uh, we stayed at a uh, pig farmer uh, in uh, just outside of, I believe it was Charlottetown. Do you remember that? No? Okay. It was in PEI. That's right. So in the morning, we're having our breakfast. And there was another couple that was there. And we were sharing our breakfast with them. And I think they, one of them was from Paris, France, and the other one was from somewhere else. But we get, so we, we you know, we pray over our meal. And so it, it became apparent to the other couple that, that, you know, we were believers. So we started talking about faith and, and, uh, and our walk with God. And the, we asked them the question, Oh, so, so where do you guys fellowship? <laughs> and I remember them saying, oh, we fellowship at a certain assembly and it's a Jesus-only fellowship. And I go, oh, okay. And, you know, I, I, I never heard of that. And they says, well, I said, can you tell me a little bit more about it? And they said, yeah. They said, well, in essence, we only accept the new covenant and that's it. You know, we... We don't, we don't accept uh, uh, the old covenant. And 
we're just new covenant believers, okay, is the way it was presented. And I says, oh, why is that? And they says, oh, well, it's because the old covenant, it's old. All right, so, so that said, and then they asked us the question, and God really has a sense of humor, he really does. And, you know, he brought us together for a meeting at that point in time because he wanted to make something apparent to this other couple. And they asked us the question, well, where are you fellowshipping? And we says, well, we're, we're both Jewish believers here and we go to a Messianic congregation in Toronto. And their eyes became like as big as saucers. They looked at one another and it's like, and then I realized at that point that, that our take on things were like 180 degrees. You know what I mean? Where, where they were just pointing to the new covenant entirely and I was making reference to the old covenant that it has significance, okay, and, and it cannot be forgotten. So in that sense, it, it, it kind of points out the struggle in the context between the old and the new covenants, okay? So um, over time, though, you know, God did show me and revealed that all of his word works together in a beautiful, beautiful way. The, the old covenant is the new covenant concealed, and the new covenant is the old covenant revealed. Okay, so in a sense, in a sense, the, the, we have to look at it at a higher altitude here, that, that all of God's word is, is important and is of value. And as you read the new covenant, you see them quoting very often uh, from the from the, old, uh, the, from the old covenant. So they, they knew and they understood. Jesus himself, Jesus himself quoted often from the Psalms. Often. So, and I came to realize here too that this body has a love and an appreciation for the old covenant as well. And values it and that's a wonderful thing. So, with that, Okay, God's appointed feasts. All right, I want to ask just a question here. Is why, why consider God's appointed feasts at all? You know, why, what are they? Why are they there? Um, why, uh, why, do we, why do we need to be aware of them? What are they doing? What's the purpose for them? Okay, there's, there's, there's reasons for it. So, with that, I just want to put this up on, on the screen here from Zechariah. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. If the family of Egypt will not come up and enter in, they shall have no rain. They shall receive the plague which the Lord strikes the nations who do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not come up to meet the Feast of Tabernacles. All right, this is from the prophet Zechariah many years ago. And 
This has not happened yet. I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, uh, when this was written, this was certainly future. And from our standpoint now as well, this is also future as well. All right? But those days are a lot closer to us than they were back then. Because God's word is truth, and the Lord will fulfill all of his word to us in the way he said. It's, it's his choice as to the how and where and when, but, but know this for sure, that uh, what God has laid down through the prophets and through these writings, they will, they will come to pass. So therefore, that kind of, in a sense, answers the, answers the question as to why do the, are the holidays important. Okay, so I've, I've established the case, if you like, for the holidays here. Now, let's just go forward. Now, on this next slide, I hope we can see it all. Can you guys read that from where you are? For the most part? I, I tried to make it as, as no, some can, some can't. Uh, some can. Okay. All right. Well, I've got up on the screen here. What it is, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a picture of, uh, of the biblical menorah. It's a seven-branch candlestick. And the menorah is actually the symbol for Israel. Because modern-day Israel, the symbol for, for Israel has been the, uh, the Mogan David. Okay, and you do see some references to that as well in, in archaeology. But by and large, the, the menorah is the traditional biblical symbol for the nation of, of Israel. And there's seven candles, there's seven branches on this going from left to right. Now, this is the seven-branch menorah. There's another menorah, which uh, I don't have a picture of, but it's called the Hanukkah menorah, and it's a nine-branch. It's got four on each side, and that's interesting because in the middle, there's, there's an, uh, a middle one that separates the four, and it's a little higher than the other, and they call that one the shamas, meaning the servant because it's elevated, okay? But in this case, in this case, they're all, they're all level. So using, using the biblical symbol for Israel, I, wanna, I just want to do an overview of what these feasts are and how, how they've been fulfilled and what is the application of, of the feasts. And I, I don't intend this to be super detailed. I mean, you could go into a level of detail here, which, which, would, uh, which I think would just, just lose us all. But I just wanted to put out it in concept, for at least for us to be able to get a hold of it. Okay? Because if we can't e explain a concept simply, we don't understand it. Okay? So, that said, the first, the first festival here... first festival is the, uh, the lamb sacrifice, the Passover in the, in the Old Testament. And that is, of course, we know Jesus is, is the lamb of God, and that's the crucifixion. That's, that's where the lamb was taken, and the blood was put on the, the doorpost, and, and, when the, and when the angel or the destroyer saw, saw the uh, the um, the blood on the doorpost, he would, 
he would pass over, pass over the, that household. Okay, but it required a step of faith. You had to take the blood, you, and you had to actually, actually paint the doorpost of, of your house and the lintel. And the households that didn't do this, then they were subject to, to the wrath and the, uh, the wrath of God. So the the first is the uh, the Passover, and the second festival is the the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and it's signified by the the removal of leaven in the household. Okay, and this is Jesus's burial in the New Testament. Okay. The third holiday is the first fruit offering and barley harvest in, in the Old Testament, which speaks of Jesus' resurrection in the New Testament. Now, the first fruit offering as well is when the Lord rose, the, the scriptures also say that the graves of them were, were opened and, and there were seen many okay, that, were, that had witnessed those that were raised and resurrected as well with the Lord. And they were presented to God beforehand in the first fruit offering. And the fourth, the fourth holiday here is the, the wheat harvest and the giving of the law, or Torah, if you like, in the Old Testament. That's that's the, the festival in the feast where uh, Moses got the law and on the Ten Commandments and brought them down. Okay, and the people here, it's interesting because God wanted all the people to come and hear his voice, but because of the spectacle that was happening, is they were fearful, as, as was Moses, I'm sure. But they said, no, you go and receive the law and bring it and bring it back and tell us what what we have to do and we will do it okay because because of the fear they weren't they weren't uh, they were unable or unwilling to hear God's voice for themselves but it was the lord's it was the lord's intention at that point in time that all would hear him okay but but they they would not All right, so then the, the metal feast is the wheat harvest, the giving of the law and Torah, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Then the next holiday, moving, moving over, is the call of assembly in the Old Testament, which is, interestingly enough, it's called Rosh Hashanah, in, in, the, in the synagogues. And Rosh Hashanah is a, is a two-day two holiday. Uh, it's celebrated by the Jewish people all around the world. And the idea here is that at some point in time, the, the idea is that, that all of the people will be celebrating this holiday together at some point. And forward into the New, the new, te the new Testament is we, we believe there it's also the, the blowing of, a, of, of the trumpets as well. 
there's a, there's a great blowing of trumpet and the people assemble. And uh, the people were to gather at, at three times as well throughout, throughout the, the scope of these holidays. Okay? And those were at uh, the Feast of, of Unleavened Bread, the, 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 uh, the middle one, which is the, the Feast of the Giving of the Law, the infilling, and the last, the last one was the Feast of Tabernacles. So there were three occasions here where, where the people would, would, want to, would, would have to come together in order to celebrate the, uh, the feasts. All right, so in, in this, this idea here of the catching away, it is still a future event. Uh, we are waiting f for that event, and I'll go more into that in a minute. But I just want to do an overview on the others. Is The call to repentance is, is also Yom Kippur, which is, which is the... Uh, uh, the period of fasting and prayer, where in the synagogues, where in the f synagogues there has to be a, a confession of your sin, an opportunity to make things right with with your fellow man and and with God, and and uh, it's supposed to be a day of fasting as well. All right, and then. And then following that, um, the, the last uh, festival is the, the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles in, in the Jewish culture would, would be a holiday where th there's actually booths that are, that are built and, and that are constructed outside of branches and, and various other uh, items. And the idea is you meet as a family within the booth and um, you fellowship there together for a, a period of, of eight days, I believe. So these three on, on, on the right are still pending. Okay? All of the others have been fulfilled. All of, all of those other feasts, God has fulfilled. Like the day of Pentecost, the scriptures say in Acts that they were together because the Lord had said, you go and wait. You go, you go and, and wait upon me and I will send the Holy Spirit. So they were together in one accord and, and the Lord fulfilled that promise on that day of Pentecost. So the other three are, are yet to come about. So following, following the, the feasts of, uh, of Tabernacles, there at, at the end of that, at the end of that period, is the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment where, where the books are open, the rest of the dead are raised, and, and uh, that's the start of, of that age of judgment. But the event that we're all looking for right now is what we call this, this rapture event. So... That's just a, 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 a overview, an overview of the holidays. So I just want to read here um, from, from the scriptures 
One of the, a verse here from 1 Corinthians 15. The New King James. So I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. But notice here the the mention of the trumpet. And the next verse is a a companion verse to it. It's found in Thessalonians, where, where Paul is writing again. Okay, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Okay, so... So here we go in the New Testament where Paul is, is giving us the promises of God here. And, and the scriptures are very clear. This is going to happen with the trumpet call of God. Okay? And we also, also just discussed that the, um, the, um, in the, the feasts, Rosh Hashanah, that is known as the, the blowing of trumpets. So all I'm saying is God, God in the past has fulfilled his holidays exactly as he said he would. I mean, there's, there's no argument there. So all I'm saying is on that basis going forward, it's highly likely that, that the, the, the rest of the uh, fulfilling of, of the word of God will also be done in a like fashion. Around, around the holiday events at some point in time. All right, so nobody knows the day or the hour. That's true. It's a two-day event. Um, so all I'm suggesting to you is, is uh, this could happen at, at, at any time uh, around that in connection with the holiday. So w- when is Rosh Hashanah? I believe it's September the 15th and the 17th this year. Uh, it's it's different every year because it's lunar based on the lunar calendar, but but I would encourage us all, you know, as believers, we 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 must walk in such a way so we're ready at any time, okay? Because uh, we really do not know 
And, and, and the, the, Lord, the Lord designed it that way. He wants us to, to be ready, and it's our responsibility to do so. It's our responsibility to walk in a way of love and forgiveness with one another and in relationship to God so, so we have that, that relationship established. Because when the Lord comes back, he's coming back for his bride. Okay? You've heard the term, the bride of Christ. Okay? That, that's a whole other topic as well. But the Lord, he gives the example. Jesus himself gave us the example of the ten virgins. Okay? Where they were all, all wanting to marry the bridegroom. The, there were ten. Five were ready. Sorry, five were wise and five were not. The five that were wise, they had oil in the lamp, they trimmed the wicks. The five that were not were living in a way that, that I would suggest that basically they largely disregarded the need for any, any uh, searching or preparation or, or walk. Okay? But the ones that were wise were proactive. They were dealing with things. They were walking in faith and obedience. They were confessing sin they were they were uh, walking in in relationship to one another in a proper way and so they so they were ready and so the lord returns in the in the example jesus gives strangely enough the lord returns at night okay at night you need that lamp you need that lamp to work okay it has to work it has to be able to shed to shed light for you to see okay so the ones that were ready they go into the wedding feast and then, you know, like the ark, the Lord closes the door. Okay? The Lord, just like Noah's ark. The people had opportunity for a long time to listen to the, the words of Noah. Noah was preaching the word on the earth for some time. But many, many would not listen. But at some point, okay, that was it. That was it. The Lord himself closed that door. And then the rains came. Okay? And, and the, it's like when the rains come, it's like it's kind of it's kind of late, right? So all I'm saying here uh, is we have to walk in a way that's that's uh, that that's worthy. And even Paul himself, he was hoping to be part of the first resurrection. Okay. So so that's the goal and, and the objective here. All right, so just some, some biblical references. I don't expect you to copy all these down, but uh, most, most of the references here for, for what I put out tonight, a, a lot of it is from Leviticus 23, but there's also, there's also other spots as well in Exodus as well. Um, numbers as well uh, speaks to it. And then in the New Testament is the fulfillment of or a reference to the Passover being held in, in the New Covenant as well. And there's, those are the references as to the feasts and festivals in, in, uh, in the more recent time. So, we need to be ready. And we need to be ready. And, and if there's any, any message here, that I'm, I'm trying to, to give out to everyone here is uh, 
we all, we all need to be ready and, and, and search ourselves. Because the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. I mean, you know, without, without uh, looking at the events that are unfolding upon the earth now, unless uh, and, and, and you take a biblical view of things, there's no understanding and an explanation for what is happening and going on. And even for those that do not confess and, 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 and know God, they all, for the most part, you talk to the average person and, and they, they know and realize and believe there is, something, there is something going on and there is something coming. But they just, they cannot see the big picture because you can only see the big picture through the eyes of faith in God's word. So that's, that's the message I wanted to, to, to get out to everyone tonight. Um, there are many that have come before me that have, that have preached an excellent word on salvation and walking with God. And thank you so much, David, this morning for getting our heads around uh, how, should, how should we approach our walk with respect to grace and law and what is the difference uh, between them. And uh, I think that's going to help a lot of people here as well. So, this is what I'm hoping for anyone, for everyone to see. Okay, does that kind of make sense? Well, that's all I had in mind tonight to, to present. Um, uh, uh, we're at, what, 7.30-ish or so? Uh, I'm still okay? I'm good? Okay. All right, so I, I would just like to suggest uh, tur uh, turning it over here and asking... It, does anyone want to come up for a, a word of testimony at all? I'd like to just basically to make a call out. Is there any, anyone that would like to come up and, uh, and, uh, and share with us what the Lord has done and is doing, doing in, in one's life? Yeah. Because I know he is working. I know he is working in all of our lives. Yeah. Well, I'd just like to, to share, share something that happened uh, this, this last week, if I can. Is, um, is, uh, I, I had offered to, uh, to come and to try and, and get rid of the lumber that was on the side of the church here. And I thought, oh, okay, this is, should be a reasonably easy task, just a matter of un undoing some screws and piling up the wood, and that's that. But I get into the project and I realize I'm a little over my head here. Okay, I'm a little bit over my head uh, because there are some difficulties that the, uh, the screws to a large dis uh, extent had rusted within the holes and they wouldn't screw out cleanly. Okay, you could get out maybe 75% of them, but, but the rest, no, they, they weren't going to come out. So basically it had to be either cut apart or forced open which was something I wasn't prepared for. But the Lord knew that ahead of time. So he had some others come. And, uh, and, and Randy came, came by with his truck. And Bonnie and Bev, they were there. 
and they had uh, saws and crowbars and, and various other uh, implements, and they knew how to use them too. And in very short order, in very short order, they, they got it all taken apart. And uh, it was just a wonderful example to me is, is, is you just start off and you do what you have to do. And the Lord himself, knowing all things, he'll send the help around when you need it and as you need it. Okay? So I, I just like to encourage everyone with that. You know, when the Lord speaks to your heart about something, just, you know, take that step of faith. And, and you'll be astounded to how, how the Lord himself will be involved and will show that he's with you and he'll send those to you and with you that, that will help and enable you to, to overcome these things. So I just like, want to share that because it was a, a really neat lesson, uh, a real neat lesson. And, and be willing as well to allow others in and to work with those that that can uh, provide that help. You have to be willing to be able to accept help too. Okay, so, so, you know, there's a number of elements and things going on here. But if it can be done, then we all learn together and we accomplish the task and uh, it's a wonderful thing. Okay. All right, so having said that, then I think I'll close in, I'll close in prayer and uh, we can continue on from there. Heavenly Father and mighty God, we thank you, we praise you for your word, we praise you for your wisdom, Lord, and just going forward, encourage us, encourage us with your truth, and encourage us on our own walk and our own lives. Help us, Father, in our relationship with one another as well. Help us, Father, to overcome the things before us that, that, that we need to overcome, Lord, and just reveal your heart, your heart to us and help us to also reveal our love and, and appreciation of others as well. We thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen.